to Unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today, we are bringing you highlights from the 20th Annual Innocence Network Conference that our team attended last week with freed clients Katie Garding and Dave Wilkes and Dave's brother, Tim. Let's begin unpacking. Last weekend, we traveled to Phoenix, Arizona to attend the 20th anniversary of the Innocence Network Conference. The conference featured sessions that focused on the concepts of resistance, resilience, and hope. We were moved by the presentations of freed and exonerated clients who shared their stories and perspectives. We learned about emerging trends in innocence advocacy and ways to improve our work. And importantly, we spent two days in community with over 1,000 people working in the innocence movement, including nearly 350 freed and exonerated people. In this episode, you will hear from staff and clients who attended as we share our biggest takeaways, beginning with freed client Dave Wilkes. So, yeah, the, uh, the conference went really well. It was over the top. I ate too much. Uh, got a lot of sunshine, got to meet a lot of amazing people. Uh, I probably met out of the 350 or so exonerees that were there. I probably met 30 of them in the three days we were there. Uh, got to do some little in-depth talking with them. Uh, at one point, uh, the guys even wanted me to join their exoneration band, uh, which was nuts. I showed them my drums, uh, showed them, you know, one of my videos of me playing and, and uh, so that may be a possibility in the future once I have some money for airline tickets and that. But uh, uh, yeah, it was just over the top. It 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 really did my heart good. Um, they had a bunch of breakout sessions. I unfortunately I wasn't able to go to the first one because our our first morning in the ballroom, uh, we were kind of like doing the meet and greet, and they were explaining how everything was going to go down, and that went clean up till lunch. So. We weren't able to do the, the first breakout, um, but which is fine, too, because I can still do that online research. Uh, I did go to a secondary breakout about forensic science and, uh, you know, learn some stuff there. Some I already, you know, I don't know it like they do, but I, I know it well enough, I think, um, to be able to at least talk about it without sounding like an idiot. Um, but I, I did glean a few more facts from that. Uh, after that, I didn't go to the second one. I just, you know, again, was a little overwhelmed with all the people, but uh, all in all, yeah, it was a great experience. It really was. And, and to be able to meet Amy and Randy and see Katie again, and then meet Katie Garding and, uh, uh, Adrian. And I mean, it, it was just, it really was. I'm glad everybody made it home safe. I'm Randy Maddox, and I am the Communications and Community Outreach Manager for the Montana Innocence Project. And my biggest takeaways from the conference were, of course, getting to be among um, community of people who have shared values as we do and who are working towards the same goals as we are. And the moment where every single exoneree and freed client was recognized was really special. The more than 300 that were in attendance at the conference, I think that's a moment I'll never forget. But 
in terms of the actual breakout sessions we were able to attend, there was one called Directly Impacted People Impacting Direction. And there was another one called Organization of Exonerees, The Nuances and Complexities of Reentry and the Associated Mental Trauma. And both of these were breakout sessions led by exonerees and freed clients who now have organizations of their own that support other people coming home. And to hear about how they address these issues that are so complex because it was a wrongful conviction, adding the complexities of just being a returning citizen and leaving prison, but um, how it is unique to somebody who is wrongfully convicted dealing with those specific emotions, and then also how it's individual to every single person. That was really helpful for me as an ally for people who are returning to know how I can best support them as their friend. There was a quote from, I believe his name was Marvin Cotton, um, who was one of the returning, um, was one of the members of the Organization of Exonerees. Um, he, he's an exoneree. And he said, justice isn't about coming home, just like getting someone out and bringing them home, but it's about returning them to to the level uh, that they were on before they were wrongfully convicted. And that really changed my perspective because we get such, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, the person's out, they're they're free. And, you know, we try to support them. But to actually think about it in the way of like, what did that person have before somebody before the state took away years of their life um, is a really good way to look at it, I think. And exonerees and freed clients and impacted people have to be a part of the conversation and how, you know, I think it's easy sometimes to assume what people need. And it's just as simple as like asking. <laughs> and and I don't know, they're really kind of simple concepts, but I think that they were very profound in thinking about how how to best support people who experienced something that no one should ever have to experience. And that was kind of my biggest takeaway in terms of what I learned from the conference. But again, just to be in a room full of more than 300 people who have been wrongfully convicted and freed and are just like, you know, living examples of resilience that I can't even fathom was just magical. So, um, so yeah. So hi, I'm Katie Carpenter. I'm the legal director at the Montana Innocence Project. And a key takeaway that I uh, felt from, from attending the Innocence Network conference um, was just that an overall impression and um, a connectedness that um, people who are made to feel marginalized or disempowered are not alone, um, that we're a part of this greater force, this incredible force, actually, this palpable force that really it's not easy to describe unless you were there. Um, and so I really encourage everybody to go if they can. Uh, with that said, the first day, um, a specific thing that really stuck out to me was they were um, presenting awards to different different workers in this community, essentially. Um, 
and a group called Innocent Demand Justice received an award. And I can't even remember what the award was called because it doesn't matter. Their work was so impressive that like that was just who cares what the award's called. Um, no offense to the award. Um, but <laughs> but this group, I they were mothers and you know, and people who were affected, family members of people who were wrongfully convicted. Um, a lot of them, two two women spoke specifically, and they talked about how they came from communities that were marginalized, that were made to feel disempowered, that didn't have access to a lot of funds, a lot of connections to people, didn't really know how to navigate the legal system, and nevertheless knew that what their family members were experiencing was wrong. Um, that they were wrongfully convicted. And they banded together and formed a support group and started doing the work that is so incredible. They documented everything. They went through and started, they handed out flyers at prisons. They, you know, put together questionnaires to try to understand, is there any commonality here? And what they discovered was that there was an investigator by the last name of Ruiz who was a commonality here. These are things that even at our innocence, you know, projects or individual law enforcement agencies, you know, people that do this for a living sometimes miss this. It was so incredibly impressive to me. And what they were able to do was expose what some people might call a bad actor, but what they really exposed was the power of, of the community that they created and the um, the systemic issues that make it very difficult and actually condone bad actors. So that was incredibly impressive to me. And I will not forget uh, those people who, who represented that organization. Um, so my name is Adrian. Uh, I am the program support specialist for the Montana Innocence Project. Um, I think one of the biggest moments at the the network conference was just individually one-on-one -on -one meeting exonerees from different areas. Um, you know, there were these large breakout sessions with hundreds of people, but the biggest life-changing moments for me were taking my lunch or taking my dinner, sitting down at a table with someone that I'd never met before who was an exoneree and just having a conversation with them, um, recognizing that this is the face of someone who has been through so much darkness in their life. And they came out the other side, a strong person um, who understands how to fight for themselves and fight for their families. Um, that was really, really powerful for me um, because a lot of times in my specific line of work, all I'm seeing is a letter. And I'm not seeing the person behind that letter. So this was really empowering for me to actually put a face to all of the letters that I've received, all of the people that I've written back to. I actually got to meet human beings that have been through this before. And yes, a lot of my breakout sessions were on, you know, how to properly speak to these people, um, learning about um, jailhouse lawyers, people who have worked to free themselves when no one else would help them. But those individual conversations with people were what were really, really empowering and 
making friends with those people and their families um, was really, really life-changing to me. Just putting a face to their handwriting. That was, that was huge for me. I'm Katie Garding and I am currently a client of the Montana Innocence Project. And I, I recently went down to Phoenix, Arizona with them to the National Innocence Conference, um, which I wasn't really sure what to expect because I've never been to anything like that before. Um, one thing I was not expecting was as many people that was there. Um, so there was a lot of people there. So it was pretty overwhelming, but not in a bad way, um, which sounds funny. But um, I think it was just amazing, like how many people showed up to show their support for people that have been wrongfully incarcerated and the people that were wrongfully incarcerated to like be there for obviously their teams and to show their appreciation for all the people that did all this hard work to get them where they are today and that is not in prison um a few takeaways i guess um it was way more emotional than i thought it was going to be um so on one of the nights they had they were announcing um, all of the exonerees in the United States that were actually out and free. And at the end, they'd added up all of their their time um, together. And it was like over 5,000 years of wrongful incarcerations just from people. And there was a few outside of the country, but most of them were from the United States of America, which um, kind of blew my mind. And I didn't really expect that, I guess. Um, and then as far as like, the classes and the um the speaker meetings that they had there's um some of it was over my head because it was all like legal court stuff which was to be expected um but some of it I really appreciated it so there was one where it was a bunch of exonerees that were wrongfully incarcerated and they were just talking about the mental trauma from being wrongfully incarcerated and I'm sure it's probably stems to just being incarcerated in general so I don't know if there's a difference between the emotions but um, just like being able to relate to them on some of like this, like the littlest things, um, which I I thought I was the only one that was like that. So it was kind of nice to know that there's actually more people out there that like have those like thoughts in their mind, even if they don't show it all the time. Um, and they call themselves high functioning, um, which is funny because I'm, you know, I feel like I'm pretty high functioning. Like, you know, I have a full time job. I, I, you know, have two dogs that I take care of and I'm in a relationship but then there's like those little things that like you don't ever talk about that um so I could relate to that a lot which was really really um really I, I guess I just really appreciated it and I thought it was pretty cool um and then a couple of um of the other speaker sessions that I went to um the one of them was like the dark plea deals which I didn't really know a lot about and then I also found out that a lot of people there weren't fully exonerated um but instead had taken a plea deal so that they could be out of prison um which i told i completely understand why they would want to do that but um it just kind of blows my mind like how many or like how the states uh, in the different the prosecutors in the different states um are trying to still just be the ones like winning instead of just like saying we made a mistake um, you know, which is really unfortunate because, you know, they could just say, you know what, we probably messed up here. But instead, they'd still want to say that you did something wrong, but we're just going to say that you've done enough time and we'll let you go free now. Um, so that that's kind of is crazy to me. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think those were like the key points that I really took away from it. <laughs> 
My name is Amy Sings in the Timber, and I serve as the executive director of the Montana Innocence Project. So my um, experience at this year's conference really was very similar. Um, my, my favorite takeaways were very similar to uh, last year's conference. And last year was my very first year at this in-person conference because uh, COVID had, of course, set everybody back a bit. Um, I was thinking that it really was because we were coming together and in, in my experience, uh, coming together with uh, exonerees and national colleagues for the first time in person. And, and so I thought last year that that was what made it so impactful. But I learned this year that that experience never, um, it, it, it never gets diminished. It is always, I think, going to be my favorite part of the annual Innocence Network conference is that feeling of being together um, and knowing that we're together even when we're not physically together. Uh, there's really something that gets solidified at the conference around that fact that there are hundreds, thousands of exonerees, their support folks, um, advocates and practitioners from all over the world uh, that are working on these critical issues, really trying to turn the tide of a carceral system and a system of punishment and pain and and bring about um, dignity for everyone and really center the humanity of this movement. Um, that's that that really is my favorite part. Um, it was also, amazing to uh, this year for the first time, we had two of our clients with us at the conference, Katie Garding and Dave Wilkes. And to be in that space with our clients and to see how much um, the support of that group of people all gathered together means to them and and see it reflected in their faces. Um, it was really, really quite special. Uh, also, you know, too, it, it was wonderful to spend a chunk of time with my own colleagues, my own team from the Montana Innocence Project in a space where we could, um, you know, really dive in to take the time to dive in to some of the things that we just simply don't get to do when we are in our day-to-day -day, uh, work environment. And, you know, quite honestly, we all strive 
to carve out that time um, when when we're in Montana, when we're you know in our own offices and, and those kinds of things, we really do put in an effort to make that time at least a, a little bit each week. But the reality is there's something pretty special about uh, picking up and going to a different space and really being together for a, ch a chunk of time, even though it's jam-packed with programming and, um, and uh, you know, network activities, we really did have two nights to spend in community with one another as a team. And that's, it's special and, uh, and incredibly valuable. Thank you for listening to our highlights from the 20th annual Innocence Network Conference. To see photos of our time in Phoenix, head over to our Instagram at Big Sky Innocence. Injustice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website, mtinnocenceproject.org, or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. To submit a case, visit our website and click on the Request Legal Assistance tab. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.